Hello, welcome to the Nintendo Bros Podcast. I'm Pete. And I'm Derek. And uh, we talk about video games, Nintendo, all sorts of things, because we're both gamers and we're both brothers. Yes, we're both brothers with each other. <laughs> with each other, we're game brothers. We're not just <laughs> brothers to other people, we're actually biological brothers. Um, for our, you know, three listeners out there, we have gone on a little bit of a hiatus for the last, what, three weeks now? Four weeks? Yeah, three or four weeks. I mean, we've been pretty busy, but it's just that time of year where there's not really a ton of news. Like, E3 just have, I mean, E3 is the big bang of news, and it's kind of like a slow trickle until, I don't know, September or so? Yeah, I mean, we got the, the Nintendo Switch OLED announcement, but uh, yeah, otherwise nothing too, too major so far. But we, we, yeah, we talked about that. Um, but I mean, there's not usually any big game announcements during this time. Is what I mean. Like, it'd be weird for a developer to, in the middle of July or August, announce their new big game. Yeah, I think we know pretty much all the lineups for 2021 now. So it's. I don't think we're gonna get any more big bombs dropped. Certainly not. And I mean, I know there used to be the GDC, the Game Developers Conference, in I think Germany that happened in August. Um, but I don't know if that's happening this year because of COVID. And I also know that that's not usually a place that games are unveiled. They're, that's usually a place where games are kind of, they show more of a game and they do hands-on with games. Mm-hmm. Um, but do we have an exciting, we, because we haven't talked in so long, we actually have some exciting things to talk about today. There is some, there actually is some news, uh, Nintendo and non-Nintendo news. Um, start us off, uh, Pokemon Snap got DLC. Three new stages, uh, with the Day Knights making it six, six new stages. Um, Wait, are you, are you serious right now? How, did you not know this? I've been away. I want to play this right now. <laughs> wow, was, yeah. It's, to... it's already out. It was announced It was announced like a week ago, and it came out yesterday. I must have been away at a cottage where I had no service, and then by the time I came back, it was like already off the front page of the news. Yeah, it's. I mean, so now, they, it was kind of a... a, a it was a, a revealed trailer for the uh, new, new new DLC... But it wasn't, like, it didn't tell you everything. So we know that there's, like, 20 or more Pokemon that are new. Um, from what I've seen online, I mean, I haven't played it myself yet. Online, it seems like some people are saying that uh, it's, some of it's a throwback to Pokemon Snap N64. Oh my um, god, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play it all night. Yeah, so did you 100% it otherwise? I haven't 100%. I got all 220 Pokemon or whatever, but I haven't got them in all their poses, and I haven't diamonded all their poses yet. But I I actually plan to. I put 70 hours in, and I'm still loving the game. I mean, it's a great game. I don't think it's something I would ever 100% just for how obtuse it is to, like, figure out every Pokemon pose. and like some. Yeah, I'm I'm just doing it because I don't really have any other... It's like when I have nothing else to do and I'm just kind of chilling, then I'll I'll play it a bit. Yep. Um, Well, so just so you know, there's there's new, new Pokemon... There's three new stages or three new uh, routes with day and night cycles. What, what are the what are the atmospheres for those? Uh, three I, I actually don't know. I, I mean, I haven't really looked into it. Okay, I'll, I I mean, I'll, it. I'll find out as soon as I play. That's awesome, though. I, I, I just came out yesterday, so people are kind of uncovering it yesterday. But it has been a kind of kind of a quiet DLC announcement. It's not like there's been a bit, lot of threads online about it and a lot of discussion, but. I can't believe I didn't know about this, though. I know, it's free. It's like, it kind of came out of nowhere, and it's like a significant update. It was like awesome. Like, it makes a big game bigger. Um, I believe one of the new quote unquote new stages is actually just a new path in uh, the Florio stage. Oh, in the first level or whatever. Uh, is that the first one? Is that isn't that the second one? The jungle one. That's Bel- Bella Silva or something. Okay, I, I, I could be wrong. That I, um, these these stages might just be new paths within old stages. I know in one of them you shrink down to a little tiny size, and like all the Pokemon look huge, and you can see probably tiny Pokemon. 
Um, I have not explored it yet, but I just it just came out. And uh, there's been some other changes as well. Uh, some of the changes to the UI. Like now if you quit out of a stage, like in the middle of a stage you press quit, you can skip the photo segment. And like little things that are just small improvements. Okay. That, oh my god! Like quality of life improvements. Yeah, That's what I'm totally. For. And also uh, one that was interesting to me was the search options for other players' photos has been changed. So my original complaint, my biggest complaint about the online function of this game originally was that I was seeing the same twenty pictures load up all the time, and I felt like the exploring new pictures option was like broken. Mm-hmm. And I would put some pictures up, and like it seemed like no one was seeing them. So I'm hoping this new search option update fixes that um i definitely plan to jump back in me and my me and my i convinced my friend to get it and when nice. we, we hang out we um what we do is we take turns and we call it uh, snapping we're like hey man let's hang out we'll do some snapping and uh we <laughs> it's funny because we'll we'll, t- we'll we'll like each take pictures and then we'll kind of like choose which one together and then we'll like guess what the score will be. We'll be like, oh, this will be around twenty five hundred. And he'll be like, no, it'll be like you know thirty five hundred. And then we'll kind of make it like a little bit of a prices right game. Oh, nice. Uh, so fun. it's it's actually a really fun game to take turns with somebody. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that was actually pretty exciting. And out of nowhere, um, it's one of those things that I'm a little surprised that they didn't tell us that there would be DLC when the game came out um, because it would have probably increased the review scores a little bit and got people a little more excited about it do you think this dlc was um i mean i guess i don't know how in depth or how much uh there is to it but i'm just curious if they had already planned to do this depending on no, no matter what or it depended on how well it sold well i mean my my limited knowledge of game development says that they would have had to known about it because the game came out in April and I don't know if they could have in three months done this. I don't know. Maybe they did. Um, yeah, I haven't, I mean, I haven't played it, so I don't I know. I also think they must have expected it to have high sales. I mean, I know it sold really well, but uh, I, I, it must. they must have expected high sales. So I imagine they were finishing the game up and they said, oh, let's like make a few more stages. I, I actually, in my heart of hearts, think this is probably the only DLC we'll get. Um. Yeah, and, I mean, that's okay. I didn't expect any. That, this is awesome. Yeah, and there's already a ton of content in there. So this is just kind of a nice welcome surprise. I don't think there'll be any more, though. I mean, that's my prediction. I think if there is any more, it'll probably be paid. And maybe yeah. it'll come, like, in the fall. But I, I still doubt it. I mean, I, I think these three stages are kind of loosely based on the other stages. It's not... You're not getting, like, an all-brand-new area, I don't think. I'm betting more so you either get a big DLC next year, or they'll work on... Pokemon, new Pokemon Snap 2 that'll come out late 2022 or even 2023. I, I, I highly doubt they're going to have a new Pokemon Snap ready for next year. I mean, we waited like, what, 21 years for this one? You think it's going to be two years for the next one? I, uh, honestly, I don't know. The Switch is on fire and Pokemon company knows it. Yeah, I, I would think if anything, we'll get like a DLC like in the next Nintendo Direct. They'll be like, oh, there'll be two rounds of DLC uh, for Pokemon Snap. Like one I can package see that too, in, the, yeah. in March and one package next holiday kind of thing i don't think they'll do a whole brand new game because that's what i'm leaning towards too i'm just saying yeah i I agree with you it's the kind of game where i feel like we're not going to see a sequel until like we have vr or like 4k graphics or something some significant update like Mm -hmm. it's not going to be enough to be like oh cool like there's a new camera zoom and new levels like yeah they can just keep they just keep adding to this one really yeah totally um and while it did sell well i I don't think it's going to sell like 10 million plus i mean we'll see 
How much has it? How much has it sold so far? Do you know? I don't know, but it, I know it's been charting on the NDP uh, tracker in the states, and uh, I mean, definitely over a million copies. Oh yeah, um, easily. But I don't know if it's sold over five million. I, have, I mean, we'll have to wait till Nintendo's next kind of financial report to know. Mm-hmm. But I would say it's definitely going to be a million seller. Um. So yeah, that's that's exciting. I'm glad you didn't know that because that makes it more exciting. Yeah, that, that would, like I, I'm excited to be done with this podcast just to go play it. Uh, well, let's get, let's cancel this podcast early and go play Pokemon Snap. <laughs> um, the next uh, bit of news actually came today. Uh, the game Cruisin' Blast got a firm release date of September 14th, and it is coming. And it showed off like the <coughs> sorry, it showed off like a stage of a bunch of the tracks. Now, the reason I mention this, I mean, it doesn't sound like it normally wouldn't be excited, but it is a Switch exclusive. Nintendo actually publishes the arcade version. And anyone who's played this arcade version says it's great, a lot of fun. It's And it's locked 60 frames, even with four-player split screen. Uh, and it looks kind of just like a fun, crazy arcade racer. Like, it looks way over the top. It's got UFOs, it's got explosions, it's got... It's crazy. And, and Cruisin' is one of those series where you don't do laps, like, you just get to the end... So you can fly over a bridge that's exploding and fly into the air, and dinosaurs can chase you, and all these crazy things can happen. So it actually looks like a lot of fun. It um, it's a lower price game, thirty nine ninety nine, forty nine ninety nine in Canada, uh, Switch exclusive, and the unfortunate news it has no online play. So, oh, is I don't it, know how many how many players is it on couch co op four. Okay, okay, so... And my understanding is that you can play four players in, like, the Grand Prix style. And there's a ton of tracks. My, I, I, as far as I know, there's a real lot of tracks. Um, I mean, yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean... I, I wish it out lo- online. I mean, online, to me, is such a deal-breaker. Like, playing online, especially with an arcade racer, it kind of changes how fun it is. But, um... Yeah. This is the kind of thing that maybe when the price goes down, you know, months down the line or years down the line, it's going to be, like, a no-brainer at $10, $20 for me. Um, because it's just one of those dumb racing games that you can play with a friend and laugh and yeah. turn your brain off, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a, it's a Switch exclusive. So that and Wario are the big September exclusives for Switch. <laughs> I think I would put Wario a little higher on the priority over that, but yeah. I mean, I mean they're both they're both discount price, so. Oh, Wario um, too, that's interesting. Yeah, I think Wario's forty nine ninety nine, so it's not a full 60 bucks, but it's a little less. Which is good, because, you know, look at it. Um, the next bit of news is also a game that comes out in September. Uh, Sonic Colors. For Switch, yep. we knew about this, but it's now confirmed that it's 30 frames a second for Switch. Where it's 60 frames a second on every other console. Um, so a lot of people are disappointed by this. Uh, to me, it kind of was... I, I was on the fence already about it, because I, I liked it on the Wii. I did play it on the Wii. But it is a bit it is a bit crazy that a Wii game can't be sixty frames on a the Switch though. Even I, in docked. I, I agree. Um it is a little weird. Well, I mean, I, there's not usually big frame rate differences between docked and undocked. It's usually resolution changes. Um Yeah, I mean some games so, yeah. I don't actually know of any game that actually changes frame rates between the two. Well, I mean, as far as frame rate steadiness there are. Yes. Yes there is. Um yeah. but I don't know, like, for me, it's a little weird, um, but I mean, like, was Xenoblade Chronicles remake 60 frames? I don't remember. Um, so I don't know, I mean, the fact is they've redone, it's remastered all the graphics, so it's not quite, like, it's not just a port. 
Um, I mean, the game ran at 30 frames on Wii, but now it's in 1080p resolution. So is that the deal breaker? I don't know. I mean, for me, I'd almost this is where I'd almost rather there be options, like a 720p mode. Yeah. Um, but knowing the Sonic team, like, they're just, like, between, like, you know, it's, they're not the most talented, I don't want to be disparaging here, but, um, they're not the best developers in the world. Um, so, I mean, it's natural to have my <laughs> expectations extremely low when it comes to Sonic. Um, so, I don't know, I mean, this is another one that I, I was almost on the fence about buying on Switch, and now I'm definitely not going to buy, and just because it's like, what, what am, what's the upgrade I'm getting, right? Yeah, and, and fast games I want to have in sixty frames. Um, so it's probably something that I'll wait for to, to wait for it to land on Game Pass, and it probably will eventually land on Game Pass or PSN. So mm-hmm. that's just one of those games that I don't want to. I'm not going to pay for. Yeah, Sonic to me has always been a game. I, I like them, but I just couldn't justify the cost almost ever. So I, do we know if this is a is this a full price game? I don't think so. Um, yeah, I mean, either way, like, I'll see the price, but... Because I know this is, I think, considered the, one of the best, if not the best, 3D Sonic game. So it would be interesting for me, because I, I haven't played it, so it, it is interesting for me to kind of see what it, it's all about and why people like this one the most. Um, but yeah, the 30 frames is just kind of disappointing. So if I did get this, I'd probably uh, pick it up for my PS5. Yeah, um, it, it is, I mean, I, I had it back on the Wii, and it was, it is a good game, um... But, I mean, I think it's highly debated which 3D Sonic is the best. Uh, a lot of people really like Sonic Generations. Mm-hmm. Some people like Sonic Unleashed. Some people are, are classic diehards. They love Sonic Adventure 1 and 2. Um, me, personally, considering I played most of them, I think I would lean towards Sonic Adventure 1 because of nostalgia. And that was the first... At the time, it was awesome, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but Sonic Colors, and I actually like Sonic and the Secret of the Rings, too, for Wii. The one where you tilted the controller to move. Oh, yeah. That was, like, oh. one of the first ones on the Wii, right? Yeah, it came out in the... I believe it came out in February when the Wii had come out in the previous November. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. Um, I, I'm kind of... I don't know. Sonic Mania is probably the only Sonic game I'll end up owning on Switch. <laughs> but um, <laughs> for my GameCube, I, I did pick up Sonic Adventure 1 and 2. So I have those on GameCube. Um, not cheap, by the way. Really? Yeah, they weren't. I mean, it was $50 each. Wow, so, each. Yeah, each. So it was a hundred dollars for both. Okay, uh, I mean, yeah, I did. Fi- I did fire up Sonic Adventure Two a little bit and played the first level. I mean, it's fun. It's it's dated. Um, yeah, I'm sure a lot of those games are. I mean, it is from what two thousand two thousand one. Um, but anyway, or I think it was two thousand two. It came out on GameCube and two thousand one on Dreamcast. But anyways, we're not a Dreamcast podcast. The next bit of news, I'm sure you may have heard about this one. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West delayed till Q1 2022. That's not official though, but Bloomberg is usually pretty accurate. Is it not official? I thought Sony made it official. Oh, did they? I didn't see that. I only saw the Bloomberg post about it. So I, I know it. I know it was. They said it was going to happen, um, and then I think people kind of said, "Oh, it's not official yet." But I believe now it is official. Um, uh, it's the. It still says Sony's still quiet on potential Horizon Forbidden West delay um you're right i mean yeah you're right but uh it's so widely reported that i don't know i i feel like that's the kind of game considering I, it, i'm not, betting it is delayed but i'm i'm betting they're just picking the time of when to say it 
Yeah, like maybe they'll release a brand new trailer and be like, oh, it's coming February 10th. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I, I think they want, exactly, they want to have a big trailer that's, that's awesome and have an actual release date confirmed. Yeah, because you know I mean? the last thing they want to do is say, oh yeah, it's it's slipping, guys. The, the release date's slipping. And then like a few months later, be like, oh, it's coming in May. Like it's, just, yeah, it's not I, strong I, PR. I just think it's very different for, from you know them making a tweet or saying, it's delayed till 20, Not it's not coming this year versus saying, it's coming February seventh. You know, like it. it You're right it, for PR. Yeah, and, and exactly to their credit, they never actually said it was confirmed for this year. No, never. Yeah, they said it was. Uh, well, they did at the very beginning of the announce, the very first time it was announced. When was that? Was that at the PlayStation Five unveiling? Uh, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, and I know God, I, I, God I, I of know, War you, was I, supposed to come out this year too, of, right? Of like, course, take, I take everything with a grain of salt and those kind of things. At this rate, I think God of War will be a 2024 title. <laughs> I, I think 2020. Actually, I don't know. I think 2022. I'm gonna I'm gonna bet still 2022. Huh. Okay. Well, I mean, it's it's funny. It's just, it's just you know relating back to Nintendo. It's just kind of funny how these different developers announce things. You know, here we, you know. It's like, I, I kind of say sometimes that maybe Nintendo should just lie about what year their games are coming out to get people excited and be like, oh yeah, like this is coming out next year. And then throughout some point in the year, be like, no, it's coming out next year now. Um, yeah, you know, because how sooner. easy would it have been at E3 for them to be like, oh, like new 3D Mario is coming out next year. And then like, we don't hear about it till next E3 when they show it off again and say, yeah, and it's coming out next year. And like, people won't care. You know, they don't. Microsoft did it all last generation. Yeah, but the only, the only thing that it's not about care. I think people have already. How do I phrase it? They have an expectation that Sony and Microsoft titles and most third parties will be delayed and let them down. And I think they know that Nintendo really doesn't do that. They kind of show games right when they're confident of a release date. They give a release date, and they're pretty good at sticking to them. It's very rare for Nintendo to kind of play that game, and I, and I think that actually. You're right. It could build hype if you you know announce it three years early, but I think also it makes people really um, confident in Nintendo's announcements. You yeah, know, it's not it's not vaporware. It's not a vapor release date. It's kind of like this is it. Yeah, like I mean, think of Metroid. Think of Metroid Dread. Got announced. We have a date in a few months. I have no doubt it's going to hit that target. Like, there's not a doubt in my mind. No, it's where, probably already finished. Yeah, but if you think of you know other time, other games or other companies that would. And now, the first time it's shown a game, I would never, ever predict Sony, I would never, ever predict Microsoft Games to show something and say, especially a first-party exclusive, and say it's coming out in three months, for sure. They'll ne- they'd never do that. Yeah, you're right. Um, I mean, do you think do you think Halo Infinite could get delayed? Um, now that it's had a beta, I don't think so, unless people hated the beta, but it doesn't seem like they did. You're right. A beta usually is a, is a sign. And, you know, I, the thing I'm kind of gathering now with video games is that it almost seems like, I mean, I don't know this because I'm not a game developer, but it seems like you almost need, like, your game to be finished six months before it comes out. Because you need that time, not only for marketing and printing and, and, and all that, but you actually want to test the game, right? You want to do the little tweaks. Like, you don't want to have to patch it after it comes out. Um, so it, Well, it, I mean, I don't, again, I'm not a developer either. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think they they test the game as they do it nonstop and almost every single game nowadays does have a day one patch there's almost no games that don't you're right well i mean nintendo games don't most nintendo games do have a day one patch do they 
I. I'd say it's about 50-50 on that. Yeah, I, I don't okay. know. Yeah, I agree. I, I'd agree. Not every single. And I'm not saying right. they don't patch their games, but I mean, it just seems like something like Metroid Dread, for example. I feel like that was finished by E3. Like the game was actually finished. And now what they're doing is they're polishing, they're getting feedback, they're tweaking little control things. They're, you know, they're, they're probably making little tweaks here and there. Uh, maybe fixing some menus and things. Uh, and maybe adding, like, you know, concept art and behind, the, like, you know, unlockables. Like, you know, hidden, hidden unlockables. But I don't think they're actually developing the game. I think that's, and I think that's Nintendo's strategy. Like, Nintendo probably said, okay, well, October's a good time to release that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I actually prefer that method because it means the games are stronger when they release, but, um, I don't know. I, I guess it depends on the developer. It depends on what their, what their pedigree is. And it depends like if they're behind schedule or ahead of schedule or they're rushing for launch or this or that. But, uh, you're right. Like something like Metroid Dread, I, I and another game I feel really strong is going to come out and be, be polished is, uh, Forza Horizon 5. Just because that developer is now on their fifth one, and they came out strong at E3, and they are like, "This is the exact release date." Like, we don't have a release date for Halo Infinite, but we yeah, have yeah. a release date for. Uh, I think it's November 9th for and I, Forza. And I think, uh, I mean, you said they, you know, this is their fifth one, but it's also racing games, especially if you're doing multiple iterations, you're not going to get the same kind of level of bugs as rehauling a, a, an entire new game in a new setting a new world a new like i know it's not a different setting but like for halo for example like the open world concept the other thing about all those um you know ai you're right AI, exactly where racing games it's like you know they've already done tracks before they've already done the open open racing kind of concept before they know how the car's going to maneuver they know the physics behind it so it's not like there's a lot of unknowns that they're kind of testing i'm sure they're you know making tweaks but uh yeah i think iterations like that are, are easier are easier easier to predict how long it will take to get right yeah but i mean then again we have games like far cry 6 and death loop and, and those games are definitely iterative um you know because death loop's clearly clearly based on the same engine as um what dishonored yeah i, I agree but again even with death loop they're the the game format is completely different than Dishonored. Yeah, true. And there's AI and bugs and level design. And online. There's online counter, counter co-op or whatever it's called. Yeah, where, where something yeah. like Forza, you're right. Like, they, they kind of just need to take the physics and things from Forza 4, apply it to a new map, and then do some tweaks here and there. And Exactly. Um, so, anyways, Forza Forbidden West being delayed, it brings about an interesting conversation because it's kind of like well what does sony have as an exclusive when nintendo's got a bunch of games uh microsoft's got a bunch of games does sony have a ps5 exclusive like uh yeah not oh well, i mean they have death loop and which, which is, is coming which... to ps4 oh you mean an actual ps5 exclusive well i guess you're right xbox doesn't have any exclusives in that mindset either but um yeah like is, is there a big ps5 exclusive this year uh, well, again, I would say Deathloop. Um, I would say maybe Ghostwire Tokyo, if that's... Again, I have a feeling it's Vaporware now. Um, Kina, if that's going to be a big hit, who knows? But, uh, I mean, it isn't... Oh, it's not an exclusive, I guess. I don't uh, think Kina's coming to Xbox, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it's not, coming Not to right away. Is it coming to PC? I, I mean, I guess I'm talking within consoles. Like, what, what can... When Microsoft is touting at Halo and Forza and... 
Nintendo's turning Metroid and Shin Megami Tensei Five and Pokemon. What is Sony going to be touting and advertising with? I, I agree. So I think I think I, it's Death Loop. I th- I think Death Loop. I think they they really really wanted Horizon Forbidden West to hit, and that's why I think they that there's a chance that they're waiting because they're they might be trying to you know push a little bit harder. They might be moving a team over to help try to get this done because they they might be saying, "Damn, we need to get a game out." But on the other hand. The PlayStation Five is selling ridiculous amounts. Um, All the consoles are. I know, but I'm saying it's not like PlayStation, 5, PlayStation is or Sony is sweating, going, "Oh my God, we have no our, our console isn't selling, our games aren't selling." Um, I think they're doing quite well, but I, yeah, to miss a holiday and not have a first party exclusive at a holiday is a, is a big miss. Well, it's just it's also interesting because I mean they also do side note they have a Ghost of Tsushima director's cut and they have Death Stranding director's cut. So those could maybe be seen as exclusives. Um, But, I mean, it's just interesting because in the past, like literally the past five or ten years, Sony has always kind of had that big, has had a holiday exclusive. Um, I mean, not always, but they've they've always had a year full of exclusives where Microsoft did not. And it seems like there's a bit of a role reversal from here on out for the rest of the year where Microsoft is the one to look at for the exclusives and PlayStation is not. In terms of the PlayStation versus Xbox. I think for this year, yeah, I agree. Um, but you're right. Like, the systems are selling so well. My, my thought is that they but really, really promote Deathloop. I'm, I'm going to give one counterpoint. Um, not that this is necessarily going to happen. But there was that rumor, and I know it didn't happen, of PlayStation or Sony showing having a like their own E3 conference um, this summer. Currently, we haven't seen it. Who knows if August will have something. But you know, I wouldn't. I it's not crazy to for them to say, "Hey, our November game is a standalone Last of Us Two multiplayer game." Uh, yeah, factions. Yeah, I, like they could be making that a, a standalone game, getting it out for November and saying that's our our, our big holiday multiplayer title. Maybe I, I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Sony can show a clip reel of all the exclusives they've had for PS Five so far: Spider Man and and um. Demon Souls saying, and, yeah. and, and and like it'll look like they have a great lineup. I'm just saying we haven't, and again I don't know if they're gonna have a conference like thing, but we haven't seen really much from them besides the you know that little state of play with Horizon Death Loop or Horizon the two that they showed. Um, but there's a chance that they could say, hey, we actually have you know an announcement reel, and they show kind of you know Ghost of Tsushima. They show. Um, Deathloop, maybe they should do show Ghostwire Tokyo, they show factions and they say this is our holiday lineup or you know all the way through to December maybe Horizon makes it, maybe it doesn't but even that looks okay to me I don't see Horizon making it, I think the rumors are probably on point I, I think um, I actually think COVID last year had a, had a really hard effect on development plans for this year um, and I mean, it seems like only now are probably develop. I, mean, I I don't even think development now is at full speed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think a lot of people are still working from home. Yeah, which I mean, I think that does have an effect, and and so I think a lot of things are delayed. I think the only reason that Nintendo seems to have quite a bit of releases are a there are a lot of smaller releases, and and I think a lot of these games like Metroid Dread were probably planned originally for last year or March of this year, and they just had a little bit of you know it was already done. Yeah. They, I think they've been done for a while kind of thing, yeah. I mean, somehow Mario uh, Golf still comes out unpolished, but... Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it dropped down to a 70. 
Yeah, I mean, we can talk about how disappointing that looks, but we neither of us have played it. I think people who bought it yeah. are okay with it. It sold I, well I think, on the last... I think if you knew what you were getting when you bought it and you, you know Mario Golf games, I think people are... They're not upset by it. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of, you know, flack it's getting or anything like that. I mean, for me, it's just the lack of online tournament modes was a deal breaker and the, the, the single player yeah, looked it, bad. To me, it just feels shallow. Like, it seems like a fun experience, but I, I wanted more substance. Yeah, it's too bad because golf is such a great handheld game. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever, here nor there. Um, just a quick, I know we've talked about this probably every single podcast we've ever had, but looking at the game of the year slate this year, it's thinning out. <laughs> um, <laughs> so out of the game still coming out, what do you think could be game of the year? Now, now I'm going to give you the list of what I think are the contenders. Okay, hold on. Is it? Am I talking about only the games that are coming out in the next four months or five months, or can I talk about the games that have already come out? Well, I'm going to list what I consider the contenders, and okay. then you can let me know if you think a game that's already come out is a contender. Okay. Because I think even though something like Monster Hunter Rise uh, came out and it was really successful, uh, or Returnal or Ratchet & Clank, I don't think those games necessarily have a chance. And also remember that, just like the Academy Awards, the Game of the Year awards seem to favor the later half of the year anyhow. You know, yeah. Uh, but here's here's the games that I think are are lined up. Uh, I think it's between Battlefield 2042, Metroid Dread, Forza Five, Far Cry Six, Deathloop, Halo Infinite, and Shin Megami Tensei Five. I think between those uh, seven games, uh, those are the big games for the rest of the year. I know we still do have a Call of Duty. We haven't seen it. Everybody hates Activision. Forget that. But out of these, what do you think? Um, I definitely 100% am confident that Deathloop is not the game of the year. Why are you so I down think... on it? Like, you, your Metacritic prediction was way lower than mine. And it's from your favorite developer. I love Arcane Studios, and I love the Dishonored games. Um, but they're not as, like, overwhelmingly refined as a lot of game of the year games are. I thought, I thought um, Dishonored 1 and 2 were highly polished games they're phenomenal games and they're super fun but it, I, I don't know how to explain it like it's not like they're bad in any way like I, I love them um but they just don't have that same high quality like like i almost treat them as a a double a plus developer not a triple a developer okay does, does that make sense like yeah they're not they're not quite those big budget games like you can tell it's a smaller scope or a smaller um funding game funded game um and i think let's put it this way with the money that they they have to to create a game they make the best games but they don't have hundreds of millions of dollars to or you know disgusting amounts of money to pour into games and create the last of us 2 it, it will never be that level so i i just don't think death loop um it might be a lot of people's favorite game of the year and i think it, it looks like probably it would be one of my favorite games of the year but I don't think it would actually win Game of the Year awards. Interesting. I mean, I, I think there's a couple things going for it. Um, I think it's been delayed a lot. So I think they've had extra time to polish it. Um, and sorry, I correct myself. It sounds... I know there's a lot of uh, speculation about it coming to PS4. But it actually, this year, is only coming to PS, PS5 and PC. And I believe the developer came out and said this game would not be possible on last-gen consoles. So yeah, like, I, I read that too. So I guess it's never coming to PS4. So there is something that's going to be special about it. 
It's going to be a, you know, everyone's eyes are going to be on it being a PS5 first person shooter exclusive. Um, and I, I think that all their skills on Dishonored 1 and 2 and all their, like, their work is leading to this. So I think this is going to be kind of like what they've learned and accomplished. This is going to be their apex moment. That's what I think and hope, even though I don't play their other games. So, um, yeah, again, I, I think it'll be great, but. I don't think it had a, a shot of, of winning. I think the PS4, PS5 is a little bit of PR jargon. Um, yeah, same. And I, I I know you didn't name this game, and I, I don't necessarily think this is going to win, but I think Returnal has a better chance than Deathloop. Wow, I, I don't think so. I, I do. I think Death. I think Returnal will have a much higher Metacritic score than Deathloop, for sure. And you You didn't play Returnal, though, did you? know what i want to i think it landed what 86 on metacritic i think it's like 88 89 oh i don't think so um, yeah maybe it went down you're right i think it went down to 86. Uh, it looks good it just looks like a little bit repetitive uh and i mean i looked i was all about it on launch but kind of what i've seen afterwards in the gameplay i'm more down on it now than i was i i don't know um, oh, i i disagree well i you know if you go to reset Aaron, and you see the game of the year thread the winner right now is returnal <laughs> so really? I, I mean yeah it's like People, yeah, I would give it like the most for sure. I look at um, Reset Era's Game of the Year voting as the official Game of the Year awards. Yeah, I mean, I, I not Jeff Keeley. I mean, those, <laughs> but you gotta understand, like, those are also the hardcore people. So who knows, you know, how are we evaluating this? Like, the most hardcore gamers decide, or the public decides, or as far critic, as I know, critics decide. It, we we could go on the highest Metacritic rating. As you're right, but as far as I know. Um, Reset era or you know other form. I think I mean I don't other than NeoGaf, which I don't care about. Um, Reset era has the most amount of gamers voting. So there are gamers on there who just casually watch movies and play Mario Kart and Nintendo and mobile games. There are those yeah. people, and there's thousands and thousands of people voting. So even though maybe IGN will have their you know thirty journalists voting. It's not the okay. same as having thousands of people voting if, for these games. Then if you think Reset Era is the definitive and what we're talking about right well, now... Well, Reddit probably has something, right? I would say that Returnal has a much stronger chance than you're giving it credit for. Yeah, I, I think it can easily land on the top ten. I, I think it'll be the top three. Wow, I don't think so. Uh, we'll you see. really I think mean, people we, love it that much? If you go go on the, the most recent game of the year thread that was posted made like two or three days ago and just read how many Returnal posts there are. Wow, okay. Well, maybe I will. I mean, I'm surprised that many people have a PS5. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, again, I, I haven't truly. played it. I haven't played it and I don't know. And I, who knows what the games that are coming out um, after are. The other game that I, I is getting quite a lot of votes, at least right now, is It Takes Two. And I think that game definitely deserves a mention. I saw that, yeah. I think it probably should win Best Multiplayer Game of the Year. I mean, who knows? Again, I'm just saying that without playing um, Halo or, or Battlefield. Um, but I, again, It Takes Two, a, a lot of people are praising that game, giving votes, saying it's the best game, best co-op game they've ever played, best multiplayer game they've ever played. So Reset Era also really likes that game. I mean, I really like that game, but like I said, you take away the second player aspect, and it's a seven out of ten. You know, yeah, it but feels the, like a PS2. But it's not. Game. You can't take out the second player. That's the whole point. True, true. That's like, so, that's like, that's like well, if I play Battlefield and I take out the multiplayer, it's just a crappy campaign. It's like that's such a. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, know? you could be right because I mean, if you look at this list here, it's like Battlefield's multiplayer only, so that kind of you know hurts its chances, even though it looks amazing. 
Metroid Dread, I mean, it would really have to be quite astonishing and amazing to, like, be the 2D game to rise above. Um, Far Cry 6 is another Far Cry, even though it looks great. Forza 5 is a racing game, and those don't win. I don't know. Forza, Forza Horizon has gotten pretty high up in the top 10 before, so I wouldn't be surprised if it made top 5. I think it'll be top 5. I just don't think it'll be number 1. I don't think it'll be number I 1 I think either. all these games could be in the top 10. Oh, me! I think all of those games are the top ten, with Resident Evil Eight, maybe. Yeah, and Monster Hunter Rise. Yeah, exactly. And Pokemon Snap. Um, and and Ta- Tales of Rise. If that still comes out and doesn't get delayed. Um, oh, T- Tales of Rise won't be, get delayed. It's like having trailers every day. When does it come out? September, Sept- right? September tenth, I think. Oh, okay, wow. So things are going to heat up soon eh, in the gaming world. Yeah. Um, and you know Shin Megami Tensei Five, which I think is for the JRPG audience. It actually it looks really good. People that love Shin Megami and JRPGs, that will be their number one, I, I for sure. But, I mean, it could be that Persona 5 type of game. You know, like, like Persona 5 kind of came out of nowhere and was lauded, lauded. Like, people loved it. Like, it had yeah. a 90s on Metacritic. I can see Shin Megami Tensei 5 doing that. Yeah. Um, and I'm just looking at other games that are coming out. Like, Near Replicant, some people will vote for. I think some people will vote for Ghost of Tsushima PS5 version just because they're able to, and um, the director's cut of Death Stranding. I could see people voting for Back for Blood. I could see people voting for Age of Empires 4. Um, yeah, I mean, you're right. There's a lot of a lot of games, but I think I think you you named all the best. I personally think um, the number one will be probably Halo, just by sheer force size. Yeah. Yeah, just by the number of people that will play that game and like that game. I mean, the reason I'm I'm, I'm iffy about that uh, is just because there's a lot of people who nitpick about that series because there's a lot of people with different expectations. Um, I've seen that the multiplayer beta has gone with just bots so far. Has It looks great. I looked at a little bit of impressions. People seem to really like it. It looks really polished. Yeah. Um, the, the bot AI looks really good. I think it comes down to the campaign. I agree. I think it's how, how good the single player is. And um, they've been eerily quiet about it. And the other thing is, again, if we're using Era as the the game of the year Metric. decider, yep. historically they don't pick multiplayer games that to win. So to say Battlefield 2042 or Call of Duty to win, they will. even though those games, Battlefield might actually be top 10, it, there's no way it's going to be number one. People don't, they vote story-driven games, single party, or first first player um, sorry, single player games. They don't pick multiplayer online games like that. The only reason I think Battlefield twenty forty two could could do it is because it's somehow gotten every me interested in it. Yeah, and, I know everyone's hyped for it. I agree. And I, the thing to keep in mind is it's got one hundred twenty eight players, which is like bigger than than uh, Fortnite. Like it's got it's massive. And one twenty eight is only possible on the next gen consoles, but we'll see. I mean. Again, we've only really seen one map, and we don't we we haven't we don't know too much about it yet. There's no single player, so there are things that hurt it. But who knows? I I can also see Metroid Dread doing it. I think and, Metroid Dread will be top three or top five. Uh, honestly, I think the top two are going to be between Halo, Forza Horizon, and Returnal. And then I think right after that, you have uh, Metroid Dread and the other games we talked about. I mean, I, I just I think it depends on how Metroid Dread is presented. Like, it could be a game that people just love, and it's their favorite 2D Metroid. Um, I can really That's, see that becoming a number one for everybody. I, I know, but it's just, it's like, and again, I don't, I always feel like I always slander them. It's Mercury Steam. 
you know, it's not like they, I don't, I just don't have faith in them to produce a game of the year game. Like, unless the Metroid hype carries it, which it, it is somewhat, I just don't think this game is going to be as amazing as people think. It's going to be a solid 85. Fair. Fair. Okay. Well, let's move on from our game of the year discussion. That and I, I just want to say one more, I just want to say one more thing about it is, uh, the highest rated game right now, I think is the house in Fata Morgana for the switch with a 98 on Metacritic. So if any game should win, technically that game, I've never even heard of that. So, Oh, well it had a hundred for a while. It has like, uh, almost every single one of its reviews is a hundred. I mean, I can also see a Microsoft Flight Simulator up there, too, because that has a 92. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. We'll talk about that more in what we've been playing, because it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, I uh, figured we'd talk about the F-Zero series a little bit this week. Um, I mean, there's not a lot of news these days, so it's kind of just jumping into a different game series and talking about it. Um, the F-Zero series has had, uh, let's see here, six games in the series... Uh, one of them was Japan only. Um, I, had, I can only think of three of them. So, so you gotta, I'll give you, you a little, fill me in on this. I'll give you a brief history. So the first F Zero launched with the Super Nintendo in Japan and North America, just yep. titled F Zero. Very positive reviews. It showed off Mode Seven. Um, Nintendo holds this as a classic game because it's been released on the SNES Classic, Nintendo Switch Online, SNES, Wii, Wii U, New 3DS. Like they've always released F Zero. As a, as a virtual console kind of past release. Like, it's, you can always find the first F-Zero. I wish you could find the rest of them. But anyways, takes place in the year 2560. Uh, it's as if the future... In, uh, um, I, I found this kind of a cool tidbit. So, the setting of F-Zero is as if it's the, the future, like 500 years from now. But that aliens have landed on Earth and have, like you know, mix their society with Earth and decided over time to create this epic racing, extreme racing. So it's kind of this cool... I just love the setting. Um, they did release years later on the first F-Zero um, for the Satellaview, which was like a Super Nintendo add-on in Japan. Uh, they released uh, what was called the BS F-Zero Grand Prix and BS F-Zero Grand Prix 2, which were just basically F-Zero but with some more tracks and racers. Okay, so, so ba- are, those, yeah. basically one F-Zero for Super Nintendo. Um, mm-hmm. And then in 1998, eight years later, they released F-Zero X for the N64. Yeah, we, we never owned it, but we did rent it, I think, a couple times. Um, I remember liking it, but not loving it. Uh, we also did own F-Zero for SNES. I don't know if you remember that. Um, F-Zero X for N64 was a locked 60 frames a second. Which was um, considered one of the like the first games to do sixty frame a second racing with poly polygonal uh, racers. Then uh, a couple years I, later, I've never heard someone say polygonal. Polygonal. Yeah, polygonal. Okay, well, whatever. I know, uh, yeah, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to. Years <laughs> later, F Zero <laughs> Maximum Velocity uh, launched for the Game Boy Advance. Um, it, oh right, the Game Boy Advance game. Okay, it, it showed off the uh, two players one cartridge feature. Um, it did sell over a million copies, and it wasn't it wasn't the su- same as the Super Nintendo game, was it? No, it was not the same, but it looked the same. It kind of had the similar graphical style. Okay, okay, it's considered like the two D line of F Zero. Like there's a three D line and a two D line. Okay, and then uh, a cu- two years later, after that, F Zero GX came out for GameCube, made by Sega. I had it on launch day. I loved it. I've been playing it a lot. The same time, F Zero AX came out in arcades. Mostly, I don't think it. I don't think AX ever came out in North America, but it was in Japan. But it's more or less the same game. It's different tracks. 
Um, it kind of the racing is done differently, but it's kind of like they were partner games, and there was ways you could bring your memory card and um, F Zero GX in Japan actually came with like a, a little bit of like a like a like a credit card style thing that you could bring to the arcade and you know save your times and stuff. Oh, that's cool. Um, then the F Zero GP Legend, which was uh, developed by a company called Suzak, uh, came out in two thousand three for Game Boy Advanced. Did not sell well. But it had decent reviews, and it had a story mode. It actually, I never had it, but it looks good. Like, it has a full-on story mode that you can choose between different, the, the classic racers, and you each of them have their own missions. Hmm. Um, and there's a mission mode in GX that was really fun, but this one looks, like, not quite as fleshed out, but still fun side my mode. I love mission modes in racing games. I think it's so fun. And then they made a sequel to GP called F-Zero Climax, but this was Jap- Japan- Japanese only. Um, and it didn't have that great of reviews. It said it felt like more of an expansion. It did have a track editor, and it also has if you if you even just look it up a video I did before this podcast, it has the best graphics of the two D uh, F zeros. Like they really they really found the perfect way to use the, that Mode Seven two D graphical style. Um, and so that hasn't been an F zero since then, since like two thousand and four. There was a point. Uh, for the Wii U, where Nintendo of Europe approached Criterion, the developer of Burnout, the Burnout series, and now I think they're doing Need for Speed, and for, now owned by EA, and they said, "Can you make us an F Zero game?" But the timing didn't work out. Didn't even get up. Didn't even get started. There's been things like the Blue Falcon in Mario Kart. There's been the F Zero stages in Mario Kart. There's been the F Zero thing in Nintendo Land, but F Zero has been pretty quiet. Um. I love this series. I remember we had the first one for Super Nintendo. I, I liked it. But I love F-Zero GX. And I just... I love the setting. I love the style of the 80s kind of uh, graphics. Sorry, the 80s art style and music. And I also think, you know, I it's... It's it, it, it's credited as creating the futuristic racing subgenre. Like, actually the birth of it. We have Wipeout, we have Extreme G, but F-Zero is the birth of it. And it's also a series that always pushed the limits. Um, like I saw this video, the guy kind of reviewing, and he's like, you know, it's no other racing game has you go to a, over 100 kilometers an hour in literally one frame. Like from zero, pressing A on, on go, it goes to, a, it's like, it's funny, he goes frame by frame, it's like 100, 300. And we, he kind of looked at other racing games with high speeds, like, you know, the fast racing Neo series and Wipeout and... None of them are as impressive as X-Zero. None of them run at that 60 frames a second. Um, and I've been playing GX a lot. I love that game. And, uh, man, it's it holds up so well. Um, so, anyways, Derek, what's your what's your experience with this series? Um, so, I do remember us having the Super Nintendo uh, F-Zero. And I played that... Um, not only on the Super Nintendo, but I believe it has come out, like you said, I think it came out on the 3DS Ambassador Club, right? No. So the 3DS Ambassador was only Game Boy Advance games, and none of those were... None of those were... So where else would I have played... Where else would I have played F-Zero? Wii. The Wii Virtual Console. Then I played it on the Wii Virtual Console. Mm -hmm. Um, I really like that game. Um, It is a tough-as-hell game. Yeah. I remember, you know, I I could only get so far on certain cups. Um, Not even because of the, the... AI, but just the levels themselves are punishing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, 
from that experience, especially growing up with, you know, a game that hard or whatever as a racing game, and then also having, you know, the Mario Kart kind of more friendly games, um, I never fully clicked with F-Zero. I didn't hate it. I, I would still say it's a really great game. Um, but it's not in that upper echelon of my favorite games. Mm-hmm. And I didn't play F-Zero X or GX um, hardly at all. Like, I know I've played some of them and I tried some of the, the mission stories in GX. And I do vaguely remember playing F-Zero X on the N64. Um but I again, I just never got into them, so I don't really have the nostalgia for those games. I would love to play GX again because I know it's coveted as, you know, one of these. Um, I don't know, like I forget the word, like endless in time, like like last forever. Yeah. Um, uh, games, racing games. So I'd love to play it again, but I'm not like you where it's like this is one of my favorite series. I hope they make more. You know, I, I like them. If they made another one, I'd probably get a day one, but I'm not. It doesn't blow me away as, um, you know, in my favorite series. I don't have that nostalgia. And I, I like the racing, and I think it's awesome to go fast. I think it's a, a really cool style of racing game. But I prefer the slower games. I prefer Mario Kart. I prefer even games like Forza Horizon, the more um, sim racing, um, over these extremely fast games like Wipeout or F-Zero... Um, the F-Zero franchise. Well, it's not it's not a super popular genre in itself. And it's funny. I mean, I love the setting. I love the characters. I love the style. But the only game that's ever really connected with me was GX. Um, I mean, I played the first one. I played X. I played Maximum Velocity. But I didn't love them. Um, so I think in, in, if we compare like the 2D Mode 7 style F-Zero, I'm not a huge fan of that. But I really, really love GX, and it feels like F-Zero X was kind of just like a stepping stone to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the problem with something like GX uh, is that if you the multiplayer doesn't really work that well. Um, not only when you're playing two players, they 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 really um, they really make sixty frames a second a priority. So when you're playing two players, it's still running at sixty frames a second, but they scale back all the detail in the level, so the levels look very barren. And you're also not racing with 30 racers, you're racing with four. So it's kind mm. of this, it kind of feels like this racing game where like there's no other racers around you. And it really is one of those games where you have to be so precise that if you and I were racing, like one, once one of us gets a lead, you're probably not going to see me the entire race. So it's not really that fun. It's not like Mario Kart where we're constantly at each other and if you're in last, you can come back. And it's not like that. It's like, okay, I've, I, I've pulled it in front and now I'm going to win. Yeah, I think F-Zero is... A game of refine refining your skill of each level, each track. Mm-hmm. You know, where like Mario Kart, you know, I, I think back to when I first played eight. Um, you can go through those levels and figure them out as you go, but you can't do that with F Zero. You're gonna crash. You're gonna blow up. You're gonna hit the walls. Yeah, you know, especially especially in the later levels. So not always are, though. Not you're right. Some of the you're right, not levels, always. Yeah, you can. But you know, even the jumps, you might miss the you, the landing back on the course can be really tough. Um, but I, I think the people that are really good at the F-Zero games are the ones that really drill themselves into those courses to know every turn, when to do it. And um, the other point I was going to make is that I agree with you on the multiplayer. It's like it's really like playing time trial, but someone else is somewhere on that course. Because even if you, yeah. are, neck, even if you are neck and neck, like someone's going to hit a wall and then you're so far ahead... Uh, even if you hit a wall, they're just going to zoom right past you. It's not like you guys are ever 
You just never decided, yeah, for any long period of time. Now, it's interesting though because in GX, there's kind of there's a few things they they did with F Zero. I mean, I know that the first F Zero and and X, I think you got like one speed up, one boost per lap. But what they did with GX and the and the ones after is that you kind of have to balance between using your boost and your in your life meter. So like once you use your boost too much, like you take one hit and you're destroyed. So they kind of added this feature. I think X has it as well, where you can actually like destroy another vehicle with like moves. Like you have a bash move and you have a spin move. Yeah. So obviously, if we're racing together, it's and there's like two racers on the track. You're never. It's really really hard to get them. But when there's 30 races around you and you're like, screw it, I'm gonna do a spin attack to and spin to all these this group of guys. You can blow up like three of three other guys and and um, when you're racing in the cup, you can see like your rival. Mm-hmm. So you can actually like take out your rival. Um, I, also, I I like it because I think I you can tell me if I'm wrong. If you destroy a car, at least the AIs aren't they out for that race? Yeah, they'll get to zero. Yeah, they don't resp- It's not like, and I like that. It's not like they like Mario Kart where you respawn. No, if you blow up, you're done. And is that true even for multiplayer? Yep. Oh, See, I, think, I don't I, know. I don't know about multiplayer. I'm pretty sure, but I don't know. I think that's such a cool aspect, and I, and I think it's awesome that the the turbo and the the life bar are the same. I think it's a really cool idea. Yeah, it it, were, it wasn't that way in the earlier ones. Have you ever seen a like a speed run of F Zero GX? Yeah, I have. I, on uh, awesome games done quick. It's yeah, it's ridiculous. The, People can like, just, like fly. There's one trick I saw on one of the levels. Where the guy's like, yeah, if you fall off the edge, but then quickly go back on the edge, it doesn't understand your acceleration. So there's one, he's like, there's one level where you're like driving on a cliffside on like the, one of the mission stories, and he's like, even if you snake back and forth over the cliff, you can get up to like three thousand kilometers per hour, and you see him do it, and he goes, it's so disgustingly fast, it's awesome. Yeah, do you remember um, when was it the Mario Kart for DS had snaking, and you could like power side left, power side right, power side left, power side right. Yeah, I I spent you don't know how long I spent learning how to snake. I can I could snake like three or four of the levels. Yeah, it, it ruined the game multiplayer, but um, oh, it, it made it my favorite Mario Kart game. But um, you could snake in GX. And I saw one guy snake so much that he was flying. Like, he, he snaked off the course and was flying through the air. And it was like, <laughs> he flew to the end. It was amazing. Uh, but anyways, like, I think there's a couple things they could do with a new GX. I know they interviewed Miyamoto a years back and they asked him about a new F-Zero. And he kind of said, well, if there's a new way to control it, there's a new, new method of, of the game, like, we'll explore it. But I think we're at that point now where with HD graphics and online, it's time to bring F-Zero back. Um, yeah, like, they're making all these ports of old games. Like, just bring it, bring GX HD. That, that's what I'm saying. And the, the thing is where it might not be as fun to have, you know, multiplayer with one person. If all of those 30 other racers, like, there's this, even when I'm playing F-Zero GX and there's 30 other racers on the, on the course, like, it's exhilarating. It's like, wow, like, you feel like each one of those is actually a... A, a real person and they're all characters and they all have their backstories and artwork and ships like it's really it's like a really thought out world mm-hmm. it's not just like generic cars and a guy named bob it's like every and there's aliens and fox mcleod's dad is there like it's yeah, there's like, like six there's like 60 racers it's ridiculous yeah it's it's really cool and i think if they if it was an online mode or each of those were were an actual player it'd be a lot of fun and it'd be i think it's one of those things where it's fun you know where Mario Kart, you can have fun within one race. F-Zero GX would be really good within, like, a cup. 
So if you and I were playing and there's 28 other online racers and it wouldn't, maybe we're not bashing against each other and dropping banana peels, but it's kind of like, well, who can do the best with these 30 racers in these four cups or sorry, four races. And so it's like, if I notice that you beat me on the first one, then I need to do better on the next one, you know? And, and it kind of, I think it could be a lot of fun and really addictive. I think that would be awesome. I don't think it'll ever happen on the Switch simply because they don't have the internet Wi-Fi server power for that. Well, I don't know because racing games are not as hard to do online. It's not like doing a fighting game where you require their input. It can it can very much guesstimate how you're racing. You know what I mean? Like Okay, yeah. Where the ping rate needs to be so high for a fighting game, especially like Smash Bros. Because it's like, oh my god, every input, every move matters. We've noticed like a game like Mario Kart, if someone has crap, like I can play Mario Kart 8 and it's flawless. Sure, once in a while I get kicked out. Sure, the voice chat app sucks, but it's always 60 frames. And the most I'll see is somebody like kind of glitch out a little bit. But it's like, cause, because you're generally going straight and you're only turning once in a while, um, like it doesn't really matter that it's not perfect. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think for something like F-Zero uh, Online, it could be something very, very easily if somebody, you know, internet totally craps out, then all of a sudden they're a bot racer. And I think it really could be awesome. I really think it could work. Um, but we'll see. I mean, it's one of those games where they've always favored 60 frames a second. So can they do it? I, I don't know. I, I think if they did do kind of like an F-Zero GX port like an HD remaster, they, they could nail the online. And who knows? I mean, who thought they were going to bring back Metroid Prime and, and Advance Wars and all these other things? And who knows? Yeah, who knows? I mean, right now it's unlikely, but yeah, I, I hope they do. I'd say it's unlikely because, you know, it hasn't been around. For, they haven't released one in a long time. And even the ones they released 20 years ago didn't sell very well. Yeah, but so, again, like you said, you know they brought back Advance Wars. <laughs> so it, nothing's, nothing's impossible. The difference between the Advance Wars is, one, it's it's a much simpler game to make. Um, and they're having... They're out, it's a it's a indie developer way forward making it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a one-to-one remake. It's not like they're making a brand new Advance Wars with amazing cel-shaded 3D graphics and they're doing like Fire Emblem where you're running through a town. Like, they're not doing that. Yeah. So to give us something exciting with F-Zero, I don't know if they're going to put the effort in because it won't be worth the sales. It's never been. But I can see them doing a GX remaster. Like, that's the only thing I really can see them doing. Um, Me too. Yeah, I think they do a remaster before they did a new game. Yeah, it shuts the fans up and whatever. Um, So we'll see. But, I mean, it's a great franchise and hopefully it comes back. Yeah, I I hope so too. I'd love to play it. Um, okay, so now on to the next segment of what have you been playing? Do you want me will... to go first or do you want to go first? Uh, I've been playing a lot of games actually, so I'll let you go first. Okay, so I've been traveling a fair bit, so I haven't, um... Did you bring your played... Switch? I did bring my Switch in handheld, um, and I didn't bring any games besides Pokemon Snap that was in it, but I didn't play that. Um, yeah, but for PlayStation, uh, today I just played a little bit of, a little bit of Sackboy. I finally got the Platinum of that game. Um, sorry otherwise... can I ask you a question about platinuming yeah that's where you get every single trophy right yeah but aren't some of those trophies extremely obtuse to get like beat it in... again and again with every character and stuff in some games yeah but I don't get platinums in every game so you had you to just... probably beat it multiple times on multiple difficulties right and it... no 
Oh, okay. That's not every game's like that. So usually I'll play the game straight through, and I'll see how many trophies I have left, and see how hard they are to get, and see and think about how much I like the game, and see if it's like oh, like redo something special in this one level. Um, okay. So like Ratchet and Clank, it's like oh, like buy every gun. Um, and it's like, well, I already own 28 of the 30 guns or whatever it is, so why not just go, buy, you know, kill a few guys and buy the next two? Okay, so it's not that annoying. Some games are. Some games like Final Fantasy X Remake are like, get every single legendary weapon. And Final Fantasy XV, uh, sorry, Final Fantasy VII Remake was like, oh, you need to, um steal every enemy's talents possible that you can possibly steal in the game and you need to beat the game in a hard mode and you need to do this these story elements three times so you gotta basically play the game two or three times and it's like i i, I have no you have to desire grind to, the game basically yeah it's like i have no desire to do that so do, do people complain when games do that um no i mean some people there's hardcore people that will do those things and there's people that um do it like me sometimes like, they go for the easier Platinums, and there's some people that just don't care at all. The one thing that I think that is the most frustrating is um, games like Doom Eternal, where um, the some of the trophies are tied to multiplayer. Mm. And I really love Doom Eternal's single player. If it was just single player trophies, I was actually tempted to be like, I'll play the, the game again, and I'll, you know, find the extra little secrets in each level and, you know, get all the upgrades for each gun. I was like, I actually would do that. But then it was like, oh, I had to play 500 games online or something. And I tried playing one or two of them. And the only people that play Doom Eternal online right now are the people that are fucking good at it. So I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be able to win anything or get any of the other multiplayer trophies. So it, it kind of deflated me from actually playing the That's single annoying. player That's annoying. So you actually have to like, get good at the online. Yeah. So it just kind of demotivated me a bit to play even the single player a second time. Because I'm like, well... You know, if I had a little bit more of the drive to get the Platinum, I'd play it again. But if you get a Platinum, it basically means you 100% of the game, though. Not even that's 100% true, because some games have such easy Platinums. It's like, there's 30 of these collectibles, and the trophies for find five of them. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so, I mean, you don't always have to find 100. You don't always have to 100% it, but most people consider a Platinum means you've done all that the developer wanted you to do in the game interesting okay i've never really engaged with any of that i know xbox has achievements but i don't even look again at I, I don't really care i have i think maybe 10 platinums and they're just they're usually from games that i really loved or wanted to keep playing or that weren't too hard like infamous second son it's like oh i had a lot of fun beating that game i loved using the powers like i might as well run around the city and do a few more things mm-hmm. um but anyway so back to the games i've been playing so mainly the switch i um Played a lot of Hades. I kind of put it down now. I finished up Golf Story, so that game's finally well, finally. Done. Yeah, really, really liked it. Lots of fun. Um, I'm excited for the sequel, Sports Story, whenever that comes out. Um, Maybe that'll come out this year. Surprise release. Yeah, it might. And I mean, that that would be awesome. It's a Golf Story was awesome. I think. I think what happened to me is I was watching Mario Golf, um, and I wasn't really. You know, I'm like, well, why should I get that when I have a golf game I, I haven't finished? And I can't recommend Golf Story enough. If you want a single-player kind of fun campaign, uh, it's really, really good. So it, it's just, I mean, I know probably our listeners are have played this before, all three of them, but I haven't. It, is it basically just kind of like a golf game, but with, like, I don't get... It's like a story golf game. So it's it's like you, you wake up, you move to the... You go to the first course, and... Um, 
it's there's more RPG than you think. So like you upgrade your character, yeah, but it's not just playing golf after golf. It'll be things like oh, there's moles on the golf course, and you can drop your ball anywhere on the course, and you have to hit all the moles. Oh, so you cool. can just like, you can just like run around, drop your ball, and smack it at the moles. Um, and then there's you know there's one course that's like it's in a graveyard, and you have to do all these like really kind of creepy puzzles. And like there's it's. It's not just playing the, the course, but after you kind of do some of those, the guy will be like, oh, like, why don't you play me in the nine holes? I see. Okay. So it's got, it's got like a lot of side things to do. It's, it's yeah. like what, what Mario Golf single player should be. Exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> cool. It's, uh, and it's um, got the same, same style as like a Game Boy Advance game. Looks like. I, it's almost like Game Boy Advance Mario Golf is kind of how I put it. Cool. Um, yeah, so I, I really like that. Um, and then I, I didn't play much else. I want to play Transistor. That's my next game to kind of work through. I tried the Greek demo because I know Greek comes out, I think, this month, actually, August 17th, if I do recall. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I played that a bit. It's okay. I, I didn't love it or hate it. I think I just need to see more and, and kind of see how reviews feel about it as it goes. Um it's a cool idea. Um, for those that don't know about Greek, G R E A K, it's like a it's like a Metroidvania game, but you get to play three characters, and you get to swap them um, anytime. Um, so there's a lot of kind of cool puzzles that go with it. The demo only um, has two characters that are playable, um, but even then, it was pretty pretty cool, and the characters are, are quite different. Um, so it's worth checking out. There's a demo on on Switch, and I think um, even on I'm going to say PC, but it, it could be on uh, other platforms as well. Um, so yeah, I, I liked it. I, I want to see more of it, but it's not on my must buy list right now. Okay. Is that all? That's it. I mean, I just got back today from a, a week cottaging, so I haven't really had a chance to play much. Hitman three is still what I'm working through. Okay. I mean, it sounds like you, I've been playing more games than you have recently. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. Well for me, I'll, I'm going to go from the oldest game to the newest game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> of like release date or what you've been playing? Release only? date. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we already talked about F Zero GX. I've been playing a lot of that. Finally got through all the cups. I'm trying to unlock more cups. Um, I mean, I don't know. I talked about this last time, but I've been I've had my GameCube collection going right. So I've I've toyed around with different releases. I played a little bit of uh, Crazy Taxi as a throwback. Uh, by the way, one of my GameCubes seemed to die already. I have two of them. Um, one of them died today. <laughs> <laughs> I was playing F-Zero GX and I was getting going so fast and all of a sudden it just froze and then like I turned the system off and now when I turn it on like the disc won't spin and it's, it's dead. So good Dang. thing I have two of them but I guess I can't sell this one now that it's broken. Well, um, you know what you could do is you could sell it. You could sell it like in a parking lot and pay they pay you in cash and they can't test it out until they get back home and then you just never talk to them again. You know what? I feel like that'd be very disingenuous. I feel like if anything I'm just going to like do something I should, I, i'm just kidding for our listeners i'm not that awful yeah i mean that's a derek's terrible person but uh i think if anything i'll probably like do something weird with it like glue it to my wall or i don't know put it in a movie or something like i, I don't, don't know you, you know what you should do honestly is just leave it and use it as a spare parts because because you never know if the other one breaks and it's a simple fix you could actually just replace something from one to the other that's not a bad idea or or i, I could like take it apart just to see the inside and see how it's made and all that kind of stuff that'd be cool too um, I've been kind of look. I mean, I know I'm getting away from what I've been playing, but I've been looking for ways to make the GameCube like look better. Like when you blow it up on on our TVs, our six, 65 inch LG OLED CX TVs, you really notice how like blurry it is. Now there, I I am not playing in progressive scan. I'm playing in interlaced, so I need to buy like a progressive scan adapter now, which is another hundred fifty dollars. 
But I'm almost like now thinking, well, do I want to emulate some of these games? Because I saw some people playing F-Zero GX online with emulation, and it looks freaking amazing. And even with the progressive scan mode and uh, HDMI converter, it's never going to look that good playing from a GameCube itself. So, I don't know. I'm kind of torn on that. So now, um, you're, now you're questioning why you even bought a GameCube in the first place. Well, I'm happy I have it. Um, but I don't know. I might I might go into like the whole world of emulation. But I also don't know because I know there's problems there too with frame rates and things like that. So I don't know. But um, anyways, it is what it is. But it is it is like your memory of it is always going to be better than it was. Mm-hmm. And it's not like SNES. Like your, our memories of Super Nintendo and sprite-based games is is retained yeah it's pretty clear when it comes to and playstation because playstation had a nasty pixelated look anyways but when it comes to gamecube and like ps2 and probably xbox like your memory won't be the same uh like we're so used to seeing hd displays that to see something standard definition especially blown up on an hd display it looks extra worse like it's not you know i I played a pc game like i had a nostalgia for a, a pc game we used to play with our neighbors and Which one? Uh, the Andrews. It's called. Or, um, it's called Toonstruck. Oh yeah, Toonstruck by LucasArts. Yeah. So and, exactly. uh, what's his name's in it? Uh, Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. So I remember playing at, uh, with Eric when we were like seven, and like every time I went to his house, we played that game. So I de- decided to get it on Steam. I could only play for like twenty minutes because one, it looked so terrible on my computer, and I realized how boring of a game. Like it's a great game, but it's like it's truly a text adventure game. And there's a lot of text, and the text is blurry. It's it's you know it's not a good size. It's uh, slow to to click through the text. I'm like this game is a slog. Yeah, like it's <laughs> point and click adventure games to me were never fun, even as a kid. To me that that game was really fun as a kid um, because there was a lot of puzzles in it too. But yeah, it was yeah. Well, I've been never, thinking about it actually again. recently. It's like it's funny how some games age better than others because I also was playing GTA Five. And the game, I mean, I've been playing on Xbox Series X. It's on Game Pass. So I've been playing, like, the, the let's call it the Xbox One PS4 update. It's not the next gen, next, next gen, but it's not the PS3 360 version. Let's put it that way. But it, for one, it's 30 frames. I know they're releasing a 60 frames version, but the controls just are so bad. And it's just funny how, like, at the time, it's like, whoa, this is a big, crazy world. There's so much I can do. All those wow factors are now not there. So it really, what makes a game age well, it it really to me comes down to control and game feel. And I I think something like F0GX will be infinitely playable forever because the controls are so good and the frame rate is lock solid 60. Keep going. I was going to say, where something like, even something from the Xbox 360 generation that runs at a 25 to 30 frames a second has now poorly aged. So it's just interesting to look at what how games age throughout the years. And, I, and I'm almost looking back, it's interesting how Nintendo seems to do things that favor longevity in their games. Like, you know, 60 frames a second, simple and easy play controls, no online, which is bad at the time, but now games are being shut off from the online is being turned off on all these games so they don't age as well so mm-hmm. it's interesting and i think point and click adventure games haven't aged very well either just by the fact that we found so much better ways to, to, to like you know something like disco elysium in the modern western rpg has kind of replaced what 
people would have loved from a point and click adventure game in the past because we we had the game um you know monkey island i don't know if you remember us playing that i remember that i played that game a lot uh it's great but i mean still point and click games are obtuse and you have to be exact, and you pretty much need a player's guide, or you'll be stuck forever. So, mm-hmm. maybe not the best aging game design. Uh, yeah, sorry, I was just going to say, I, I feel the same about games like uh, Yoshi's Island or Link to the Past. Like, they just, still to this day, I could pick up Yoshi's Island, and I, I know my muscle memory will make that, the it will feel and play, and I'll be just as good as it at it as I was. Or if I go back to a game, even like, I'm going to say Tomb Raider for the PS4, the very first one, or I think it's the PS3 even, um, but I played on the PS4. Mm-hmm. Moving the camera, you have that, that half second of input lag. To me, that is like, it makes the game feel so sluggish and old. Mm-hmm. Where, if I, where if I play, again, Back Yoshi's Island, it feels so responsive. It feels good to play. And I, I agree with you, like, it makes it timeless. Where any game that feels sluggish or slow in anything, even when you like open up a menu and it takes three or four seconds to like load the map, that sluggishness feels worse and worse as years go by. Oh yeah, I mean, I even yeah. got. I remember playing Animal Crossing New Horizon, and I found that the load time between going inside and outside, even though it's short, drove me crazy. Um, and I just, it's just like little things like that. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's interesting. I actually, I got my kind of my console setup going and I, I found my, I got my SNES Classic out, the one that I loaded hundreds of games on. And so I was with Vanessa and we loaded up Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time. And we beat the entire game in one sitting. And that game has aged beautifully. And I think yeah. there's something to be said about simple controls where, you know, when when you pick up a controller, and I don't know, there was a point of time when like the when we went from single shoulder buttons to double shoulder buttons, like you know the P- PlayStation and yeah. PS2, and then all of a sudden Nintendo did it. I don't know. There's some beautiful simplicity to being like, no, you move, you hit, you jump, and that's it. Like there is no reloading and camera and resetting the camera and and secondary functions and like it, it's just there's a beauty to that play control and that style. Um, and it was just, that game has aged so well, and I can't, that's another game we haven't really talked about in a long time, is that Ninja Turtles, uh, what's it called again, Ninja Turtles? T- uh, t- Turtles in Time. No, the, the, um, the new one coming out for Switch. Oh, Shredder's Revenge. That game, I cannot wait for it. I cannot wait. It's like, probably my most wanted game other than Metroid right now. I really hope it still comes out this year. Um, there's something about brawlers that makes them infinitely replayable and fun, and I know I've told you this before, but you have to get that game Streets of Rage 4. Uh, I, Peter, I was about to say, I'm literally downloading it in the next day or two because I'm getting together with my three buddies on Friday. And we have four controllers and a nice big TV at my buddy's house. So we're gonna, I'm going to convince him to play that with me. What are you going to buy for? Switch or... Yeah, that's, so he, yeah, my friend has a Switch dock, so I'm just going to bring my... I just bring my Switch to his place every time to play Smash Bros. Okay. So I'm just going to bring that and play that with them. It looks really good on Switch. Um, and it's one of the games that... When I upgraded to the LG CX, it was something I turned on, and I was blown away by it. And it is and it is one of those games where you really... It's the same controls that you would have had on Super Nintendo. You have an attack, a jump, and movement. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And there, there is like a pick-up-and-drop uh, weapon thing. But that's it. There is no like high-kick, low-kick, mid-kick, special... You know, none of that. So it's... it's You're really going to like it. It's one of my games of the year from last year. Nice. Okay, um, so... Let's hear more about what you've been playing. Okay, so the other game... I gotta, I gotta go in like 30 minutes, so... Well, I got at least two hours worth of games to talk about here. <laughs> well, try to skin through it and... I'm kidding. Try, try, I'm yeah. joking, I'm joking. 
So the other game that I've been playing for GameCube was Mario Kart Double Dash. Um, how, how, how does that feel compared to Mario Kart 8? It feels great. I, I can't tell if it's running at 30 or 60 frames, but it feels it feels really tight. Um, I beat I went through all the um, cups and unlocked the special cup and went through that too. Um, the one thing I gotta say is it's definitely harder than Mario Kart 8. Um, there's no hopping in it. So it feels very grounded. It feels very heavy. Um, and it also is one of those games with a rubber banding AI. Like, it, it really is one of those games where if you're in last place, you're probably not coming in first. Um, so it, it's like, if, if the AI can really pull ahead and be like, wait, you know in Mario Kart you can have like, someone get way ahead? Yeah. The AI can do that. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's like really tough. Um, I did have to like kind of retrain my brain for it, but, um, it's a great game. I really love the two the two player mechanic. It's it's a lot of fun. The, the stages are kind of simple, but the one thing that did throw me off was it only has sixteen courses. So when you've gone through all four cups, and there's no online and there's no online battle mode, and the battle mode doesn't have bots, and you're just kind of like, what do I do now? Um, and I know I I just kind of think I probably felt that back in the day on GameCube too, but it especially feels that way now. It's just like there's nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. I guess Mario Kart Eight on switch is the same but the online keeps me going but it's interesting because the very next game uh mario kart game on the um the ds brought the retro courses in so you had four new is that courses. The fr- oh that's the first game that brought retro courses in yeah oh i did not know that i thought it was the wii okay yeah well the wii version came out after the ds version yeah 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 so the DS version, like, you had four cups of new courses and, and like, literally double the races of, of the original and four cups of um, old, old courses. It also had bots. For on, uh, bots had online play and had a story mode. Like, the DS version of Mario Kart is the pinnacle of... I told you, it's my favorite, it's my favorite racing game. Favorite I'm, Mario Kart game, besides not, 8. Besides 8. I think if I replayed it now, I don't know if it would hold up because 8 is so tight and the three, 3DS version is really tight. But it's definitely DS is up there. It's got so many modes and so much to do. Like it felt like a full fledged game, mm-hmm. but it's it's really really apparent going back to Double Dash. Like you can literally beat the whole game in one and a half hours, and there's no, nothing else to see. Literally, yeah. <laughs> if I'm with four players who are really into it, it's a it'd be a lot of fun, but not really. Um, anyway, so that's kind of what I've been doing on GameCube. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Xbox Series X because um, a lot of new things have come out for it. But one of the oh, games, right. yeah, okay, I'm excited to hear this. That yeah. I twenty minutes, Pete. Okay, so one of the games that I need, I told myself I had to finish up before jumping into these two new games was Titanfall Two. You so had, you had had never beaten it before. No, I had beaten it before. I beat it on PS4. You just wanted to replay it. I wanted to replay it again in 4K, beautiful graphics. Okay, I love this game. It's it's like replaying it again. The campaign, I really, really love the controls, and now I feel like I'm when I'm watching people play the new Halo, I'm like, oh, wall run, but they can't, and <laughs> double jump, and like the controls are so good, the it's so epic. I love everything about it. Uh, I even like the robot stuff because it's like slower and it's almost like a whole different game. But they recently on only on Xbox Series X did they release a 120 frames mode. So I decided to, I, I was like, oh, wow, I'm replaying this game. They have this 120 frame. So I switched to it and it feels amazing. I, I swear, like, I, you got to try it. I don't think it ha- it's on PS5, but it like, it's this frame boost mode. 
it does drop the frame rate down or sorry the resolution down to like 1440p so you do notice the image quality drop Mm -hmm. but the way the controls feel and the movement is so smooth like i it's like there's less motion delay and let me tell you beating that game uh with 120 frames was one of the highlights of the xbox series x for me like it, it was great and instantly i'm I'm boosted way up on my uh favorites games list ever um it's like on my top 25 list i it's it's my favorite um first person campaign like besides metroid prime kind of stuff it's my favorite uh well yeah same probably with me it's it it, i agree if like again i have never played it on the 120 or on my lgcx or on my ps5 but i think the level design is amazing it the gameplay feels amazing it's varied enough it's it's not too long right it's like a perfect length um and i i totally agree with you what, what you said about um other first person shooters feel grounded you feel stuck to the ground yeah um and i hate that feeling because it happened in um playing horizon the first game um right around the same time as breath of the uh, wild breath of the wild yeah where you really again I, I still loved horizon but you do notice you're like damn i really feel glued to the ground like you really feel that and i feel the same way with any first person after um titanfall 2 yeah, I, I really hope they do a Titanfall three. Um, I don't think they will, but anytime soon. But I don't know. It's I, I never even played the multiplayer. <laughs> but if it's you, okay. Like if, the people that played are really, really good. I wonder if I still can on Xbox Series X. Probably. I think you, I think you could. But just as a note, like I, if you ever get an Xbox, I don't know if it's going to be the same. If you just like put your PS four disc in the PS five, but if you ever get an Xbox Series X. It's Titanfall 2 is free on Game Pass. And they Xbox has that smart delivery where they're like, it adds HDR and it adds these other yeah. features like 120 frames. It's really honestly a delight to replay. Like, it, it honestly, like, it looks and feels like a next generation game. Like, it looks freaking amazing. Like, I can't believe this ran on a PS4. That's mm-hmm. how good it is. But um, anyway, so that was that. I beat it. So that was a great experience. And also, like, a side note... You really do feel the connection between uh, what is it B four eighty eight and your main character. Yeah, the story's pretty good. I agree. The story's pretty good, and it's also not too long. And every level brings something new. It's like you every. It's like a Nintendo approach. Like every yeah, level that, that brings time a new... warp level is awesome. Yeah, or the house building level, or the or some of the levels where you're like you're. Uh, there's one level where like things are exploding. You're like jumping and wall running as it's exploding. It's amazing. Uh, other than that, uh, I downloaded Microsoft Flight Simulator. And I played a bunch of that, um, and I gotta say it's amazing. Like, <laughs> I know. I, I feel like I'm gonna hit it. Yeah. Let me talk about the next game. It's amazing. The next game. It's amazing. But Flight Simulator, I gotta say, like, it was annoying at first because you know it takes a long time to download. It's the controls are kind of uh, awkward. It's made clearly made for a mouse and keyboard. Just to just to invert my camera controls took me 30 minutes to figure out because you literally mm-hmm. have to go in and customize look up as one thing and look down as one thing. There is no inverted on and off. And you have to do that for every single camera mode. So if you're in the cockpit, change the camera mode. Outside the oh, cockpit, wow. ch- yeah, it's horrendously annoying. Like, honestly, I came to the point where I almost put the game down. Because I accidentally changed it one time where I couldn't move the camera at all. And I'm like, wow. Like, I, I almost gave up on the game. Uh, it's a little buggy. Like, you know, it will crash. But... <laughs> It, it's so amazing that you can literally go anywhere and it loads quickly and you're just there and it looks it looks beautiful like there's a moments where your jaw will drop it is stunning 
And, um, you know, I flew over Toronto. I flew over our old house, Lorne Park. I flew over where I live now. I went to Hamilton. Like, it's it's stunning. Like, it's so accurate. Like, you see the malls. You, you, um, it's just really impressive. And then all of a sudden you can say, well, I'm going to now fly a commercial airline or a, a 747 and I'm going to turn storms on and fly over Vancouver. And it looks stunning. And um, I'm going to France in a few weeks with Vanessa. And we're like, oh, let's fly over Paris. We flew over where our hotel's going to be. We looked at Paris. Oh, okay. And then we flew over Marseille, France, where we're going as well. And we, like, flew... She she took controls. Very easy control when you get the arcade controls going. And she's like... She loved it. She's like, whoa. Like, that's, that's where we should go. Like, that's the park I want to go to. And it's fascinating because, I kid you not, we flew over this, like, water area. This area near the water. And we're just, like, looking at all the, the cliffs and peak sides and stuff. Then I watched this new movie with Matt Damon called Stillwater great movie but it takes place in Marseille, won't you know we saw the exact same place we flew over we're like whoa that's the exact cliff pier that we talked about and they're there so it like it's this really weird experience where i it's like i think i'll always keep the game installed and i'll probably fly over every single place that i'll ever go just it's such a great experience that's cool that yeah, sounds really cool i even made a new category on my home screen called leisure just for it um <laughs> But it's like, I, I'm like actively, like I'll be at work or wherever and I'm thinking, oh, I want to fly over like Las Vegas or Disney World or whatever. Um, you know, it's not perfect. Can you like, fly over at Disney World and see roller coasters? Yeah. That's apparently. Cool. So they've gone and they've gone and like taken like 350 cities in the world and, and did like a special, it's called, um, what's it called? Uh, photogrammetry. Where it's like they've, they've 3D mapped these cities like with extra detail. And then they've gone and taken like real um, things like the Eiffel Tower or uh, buildings in New York, and they've done it by hand. Like they've hand modeled them. Mm. Even in Canada, like our major cities are done with photogrammetry. Uh, but if you fly over Mississauga or Burlington, it doesn't look amazing, right? If you're like flying really low. Mm -hmm. And, you know, things like I look for Canada's Wonderland, it's not there. <laughs> it probably just read it as a flat thing. But I know Disney World's there, I know Vegas is there. Um, it has real time weather, so if I join, if I jump into Mississauga or Burlington, I, I see real weather. Uh, it's really cool. It's it's not like fun. Like there's not check marks to do, and it's real time. So if you're like, I'm gonna fly from here to here, like it's real time flight. Want to fly from Vancouver to Toronto? You're gonna sit there for four hours. But the other cool thing is you can put on um, autopilot. So you can literally just put on autopilot once in a while, change the camera around, look around, and just fly all the way there. That's cool. It's it's is there, really any, cool. is there any HUD at all? Yeah, there's a HUD, and um, yeah, there's a HUD. Like you, you can turn it on and off, but like you see, like your meters and your gas and a little radar, and you can turn it. Okay. It's funny, like with a button press, you bring up your um, like a reticule. It's kind of the controls are clearly for mouse and keyboard, so it like can, brings up like a mouse. Can you crash your plane? Yeah, but it just turns black. Okay. Then there's no explosions. I tried. Um, it was funny on, on recent era, it was like, where's the first place you flew? And everyone's like, flew into my house. The next person's like, flew into my house. The next person's like, flew into my house. The next <laughs> one's like, oh, I flew here. And then I flew into my house. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's really cool. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, I played a little bit of that. And the last game that I've been playing a lot of actually is The Ascent. And I know I told you to download this and play it. I'm um, not going, I'm not going to, but keep going. Okay. Well, <laughs> I really like it. Um, it's probably the definition of a 7 out of 10 game. <laughs> okay. um, 
I mean, here's the thing. I'm I'm very torn on it because on one hand, I love the graphics. I love the style. I love the controls work. The, the, the gameplay has like a different hook on, um, you know, t- Twitch shooters. I really, it has some of the best graphics I've ever seen in my life. It's, is, it a, is it a Twitch shooter? It's more of a Twitch shooter than it is a looter. Let's put it that way. It's very story driven. Like, not okay, very. You know, Twitch. Twi- Okay, I think Twitch shooters are games where it's like one bullet kills things like Call of Duty. Okay, maybe not twin stick shooter. Maybe is better. Twin stick, yeah, twin stick. But it's it's not really like Diablo, where like you go around looting and finding the best armor. It's not really like that. Like it's very specific. Mm-hmm. And even the developers said that you know even when you have like random encounters with a like a group of thugs, it's all designed. Like they design it by hand, so it's very it feels very handcrafted. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the. F- all the encounters feel great, um, and you know it's it's just like you look over the backgrounds; they are incredibly detailed. Like, in some, once in a while, you'll see a background where like a, a ship will like crash into a building and blow up, and it, like you're I just stop and my jaw drops. Like, seriously, one of the best looking games I've ever played. Nice. With that said, um, it's buggy. Like my games crashed a few times. Uh, I've had a few incidents where I get to an area where like it's supposed to load like a boss fight. And the boss doesn't load, and you're just stuck there. That's happened at least five times. So, yeah, it's rough around the edges. Yeah, I know the patch just went out, so I'm going to check it. Apparently, the co-op doesn't work so well either, and there's just lots of problems. And, you know, the the, the map design is, is like, it's very, very dense, the world. Um, but, like, almost to a fault, where, like, you really don't know where you're going. So, you just follow your waypoint, the, your marker, waypoint marker the whole time. Um, and you know, I got, I got like, I went exploring at one point I got stuck in an area where I was way under leveled and I was one getting one hit killed and I had no money to buy a taxi out of there. And I literally had to like pray and roll and evade to get to like out, just out of that area. So it's not as polished. Um, but it's an interesting game. Like, I don't know. It's, it's. I'm there's keep, something there's something there yeah there's something there i'm gonna keep playing it and there, you know there's a boss fight i got to and it was just destroying me so i'm like you know i'm gonna go back to the main town i'm gonna buy and upgrade everything i have i'm gonna suit up to be protective against this guy i went back and i destroyed him and like that was a really satisfying moment for me um the story's really cool and the story's kind of done in a way where it's like uh it's a really cool setting it's as if it's a planet where people like are coerced into visiting on on credit so like, wow, I want to go there and like fulfill my dreams. And then when they go there, they realize that they're just going to be in debt forever. So it's like kind of like a corporate slave planet. Hmm. But these corporations are so huge, like you don't you don't even really know what they do. It's just you're, you have a, a guy who kind of manages their missions. And it's like corporations will basically set war on other corporations and like wipe them out. So your corporation is like on the outs of being wiped out. And you kind of have the slumlord who's giving you missions of, like, how to, like, oh, we need to take over this area and do this. And, and like, we need to kind of stay a lot alive from being wiped out. Cause, but, so it's an interesting story, but when they when you're given a mission, like, they talk as if, like, they don't dumb it down for a viewer. They talk as if um, you already know the world. So, mm-hmm. and my friend, my friend Mike, who was on the podcast, he's been playing. We've been talking about it. we just, like, we have no idea what they're talking about. Like, no one knows what the missions are about, you know? So mm-hmm. it's just kind of like, okay, well, I'm just going to select that on my mission uh, tracker and just go there and just, like, hopefully it queues up what to do, you know? Because it's usually <laughs> just, like, you get attacked by guys and that's it. And, like, maybe you collect something from them. But it's, there's not much, it's, it's a little bit obtuse, let's put it that way. Yeah. But, um, 
the graphics are amazing. It's something I'd like to play. If we, if you ever come visit me, we'll play uh, two-player. Yeah, I, I would definitely play it with you. I just don't think I'm going to buy it myself. No, you should get Game Pass, though, because you can get it for your PC. Yeah, I don't care that much. I mean, you can get it for one month. Yeah, I, I just don't care that much. Fair, fair. But, like, yeah. That um, game, game is, yeah, it didn't review well enough for me to even be interested. <laughs> wow. Um... I mean, to me, it's it's like because it's free. I had to try it. I was hyped for it. Um, I don't know. Like, I might I might play it a little more, but I don't think I'm gonna like get too too deep. But I, you know, I got my. I've already played about five hours. Probably put another few hours in. Probably not gonna beat it, but it's very very cool. And another thing, another complaint, by the way, is the menu is set up in a way where, like, you know, you have um, headers like in your menu. Like, you have like five main menu options, like. Weapons, armor, missions, map kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So in each of those, you have like sub-menus. So like let's say I go into my weapons and I want to like select a gun and upgrade a part on the gun. So you kind of like... But it's just so annoying to control because left and right on the analog stick move between the header menus. But up and down choose between the options in the menu. So a lot of people have had this problem where like you're you're trying to like move through a, uh, like a weapon selection screen... And all of a sudden you're like switching to a completely different menu because you actually had to press B to go back and get and like go to the main. You had to use B to go back, not left. I, mean, I don't know if I'm explaining it right, but like no, I, I get it, I get it. It's just like a lot of little problems that way. But game is made by twelve people. Um, I'm enjoying my time with it. If I don't end up playing a lot of games this year, it'll probably end up number ten or nine on my game of the year list. So, mm -hmm. uh, okay, how much time do you have left, Derek? Uh, like, no, not a lot of time. Okay. A couple, couple minutes. Okay, so the next category of topics here. What's the next game you're going to buy? That's that's really just what I'm asking. Okay, the next game I'm going to buy, um, I would say the next game I already bought, unfortunately, in some ways, we can talk about this on another day, is Diablo 2. Okay. Um, so I already, I have it pre-ordered, I might as well just deal with that. Um, and then, otherwise, I'm waiting for... Um, Battlefield, or if Returnal or Resident Evil 8 drop enough in price. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely waiting for Resident Evil to drop in price. I feel like it will around Halloween. Yeah, and there's but, a bunch of there's a bunch of indie games I'm also... I mean, I'm going to get... Um, we just talked about it, Streets of Rage 4. There's a bunch of indie games I'm looking out for, so I might pick up one or two of those as the year goes on. So your Metroid Dread comes out October 8th. Oh, sorry, I'm getting that too. You're right. Sorry, Metroid Dread. Yeah, that's kind of my position. I, my next game is going to be Metroid Dread... Um, that's the next. I might get WarioWare get it together in September. Um, but I'm also somewhat looking forward to trying Psychonauts two on uh, Game Pass. Yeah, again, I, I really want to play that game, but I also want to play the first one. You know what? I don't think either of them are, to, in my humble opinion, like you and I coming from a, a world of 3D Mario's. I don't think either of them are going to be worth buying. Yeah, I think okay, they're both I, worth I agree. trying on PSN or a Game Pass. Like I. I the second one looks good, but even some of the previews say it's, you know, the, the fighting mechanics aren't great and stuff, so... Mm -hmm. Probably going to be a game pass for me, but... Um, yeah, Metroid Dread is the next game I've already purchased and 100% getting. And I can't wait. Two months. Two months yeah. and change. I'm excited for that, too. It'll be awesome. Alright, well, Derek, sorry to keep you so long. I guess this concludes our Nintendo voice... What do we call this again? Nintendo Bros Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what are we called? Oh, my God. <laughs> Hey, if someone listened yeah. to the end, they're already a fan, okay? Yeah, it's it's been fun. Thanks for uh, thanks for running this one. All right, Derek. I will talk to you soon. Okay, take care. Bye. Bye.